Welcome to the audio podcast of North River Church. You can find out more about North River and ways you can be involved at our website, gonorthriver.org. gospel being spread. And then we see an encounter last week in Stephen and the religious leaders of the day. Stephen preached the gospel from Genesis to Malachi in just a short few 60 or so verses. We covered that last week. We saw what was going on there. We saw the great intensity with which he reminded them of God's hand of providence, that God was at work, that God was continuing throughout generation after generation, providing for his people and encouraging his people and challenging his people to continue on and to follow him, to love him, to make an impact for him. Needless to say, they didn't like that. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down, I guess it's this afternoon, isn't it? Man. (laughs) Write down this main idea. Our greatest reward in suffering is more of Jesus Christ. Our greatest reward in suffering is more of Jesus Christ. That's going to frame our time together. I want us to look again at verse 54 of Acts chapter 7. When they heard these things, that's the religious leaders of the day. It says that they were enraged. They were upset. They were mad at the message that Stephen just laid out for them. That they had killed the Savior of the world who was sent by the Father. That was the message. They didn't want to hear that. In fact, they wanted to do something about that. They ground their teeth at him. It's not a pretty picture. They were so angry at what Stephen had proclaimed that they were clenching their teeth so hard that they were grinding them together. I want you to notice, though, beginning in verse 55 and verse 56, this truth, first truth that we come to in the text, God sees our persecution and our suffering. I want you to notice verse 55, but he, that's Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now you read that and you think, Michael, you just said that God sees our persecution and our suffering. But what it sounds like there is that Stephen sees the Lord. So how do those two things connect together? What is that all about? Well, when all of last week happened. When the news reports were unleashed, when we went from this may be bad to this is a pandemic, when we went from your 401k now being a 301k, (laughs) right? When you found out your kids were not going to go back to school after spring break, I mean, all of those things, like what was your response? What were you 
thinking, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of Stephen saying to these religious leaders, here is the truth of who Jesus Christ is. They are furious. They are mad. And Stephen in this moment sees the Lord. Sees the glory of the Lord. Is that what we saw this past week? Let's just be honest with one another. Probably not. Let me be honest with you as your pastor. Very much not. Thinking about, oh man, what do we do now? I mean, we were planning early on in the week. Okay, what happens if they shut the schools down? What happens if we can't meet? What happens if we can't meet for several weeks in a row? What happens if we can't meet even longer than that? How do we work this out? We're supposed to be going on vacation. Pastor Adam's going to have to be in the back. I mean, there was just so much going on. And there were moments when I was trying to think, all right, how do I fix this? How do I take care of this? How do I make the decisions that have to be made? And yet I'm so reminded of what Stephen does here, full of the Holy Spirit. As he is seeing them grind their teeth at him, angry with him, he sees the glory of the Lord. And the reason he sees the glory of the Lord is because God sees him. Stephen is not left by himself in this moment. Stephen is not sitting here on his own, alone, without any help. In fact, the Lord is with him as he is walking through this. The Lord sees his suffering. The Lord sees his faithfulness. The Lord is watching everything that is happening. The same thing is true for us today. The Lord is seeing everything that is happening. Your Anxiety, your fear, your frustration, your anger, your uncertainty. God sees that. God is not absent from the picture as we are walking through suffering, as we are walking through persecution when it comes. Stephen sees the glory of the Lord and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, I see the heavens open." And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Listen, I think Stephen knew exactly what was coming. I don't think he was caught off guard when they drug him out and stoned him outside of the city. I think he knew that that was coming. But he reminded them in that moment, I see the Lord and the Lord sees me. What an encouraging picture of trust and faithfulness in the Lord, even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of suffering, God sees our persecution and our suffering. They cried out, verse 57, with a loud voice and stopped their ears like your kids do. You see that? They cry out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. And rushed together at him. And they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. I want you to notice verse 59 and verse 60. 
Not only does God see our persecution and our suffering, but God strengthens us in and through persecution and suffering. I don't know if you've ever gotten hit by a rock. Someone throwing a rock at you, it doesn't feel good from personal experience. But imagine if you were being stoned, great boulders thrown at you, meant to kill you. How would you respond? How would you deal with that? How would you interact if that was happening? Here is how Stephen responds. As they were stoning Stephen, verse 59, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, he died. In the midst of them throwing stones at him, killing him, he calls out to the Lord and says, God, forgive them. How do you do that? Only through the strength of God at work in your life. And I think that's a great reminder for us, even in the midst of this season of uncertainty, even as we don't know really, let's all be honest, what tomorrow may bring. We have no clue. And yet it is the Lord who strengthens us. It is the Lord who is the anchor for our souls in the midst of, of choppy seas. It is the Lord who provides for us, who gives us the ability to take the next breath and the next step and to take on the next day. It is the Lord who strengthens us and He often does it in the midst of suffering. I don't like that. You probably don't like that. And yet that is how the Lord works in our lives. That is how God is seeking to mold and to shape us, to transform us into the image of His Son. He is at work in the midst of suffering, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of pain. And He is shaping us and forming us to be who He's called us to be. For Stephen in this moment, as he is dying, he is strengthened enough by the Lord to call out and say, just like Jesus did on the cross, God, forgive them. Forgive them. I want you to notice what happens as the aftermath of Stephen's death. It says in verse 1 of chapter 8, Saul approved of his execution. We're going to interact a lot with Saul here in the next weeks ahead. But Saul approved of his execution and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him and Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. 
So we've seen in the text that God sees our persecution and our suffering. God strengthens us in and through persecution and suffering. Here's the third truth. God uses persecution and suffering to further his mission. You have to rewind all the way back to Acts chapter 1 to figure out exactly what these three verses have to do with God's mission. So if we back up to Acts chapter 1, we're reminded that Jesus, before he left his disciples and ascended into heaven, he gave them the great commission, the mission of making disciples of all nations. And in Acts chapter 1, he specifies it saying, begin in Jerusalem. And then spread out to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Up until this point in the book of Acts, all that has happened is the gospel going forth in Jerusalem. We're seeing thousands and thousands of people come to faith in Jesus Christ. We've seen God do incredible miracles. God open the door so that people's eyes are open, their ears are open, so that they see and that they hear who Jesus Christ is, and they respond by faith. But it is in the midst of persecution, right here in these first verses of Acts chapter 8, where the gospel moves from Jerusalem into Judea and into Samaria, which Jesus said was the plan all along. But that plan took persecution to enact. The fact that Stephen in this moment was persecuted, that he had to die for his faith, it was that that was the catalyst that spurred the church to do what Jesus had called them to do. Here's been my question over the last couple of days. Could what is happening right now be the catalyst that we need as a church, not only North River Church, but churches in our community, churches in this nation, is this what we need to have happen for us to fulfill the mission that God has called us to fulfill? I don't think it is outside of God's plan and God's purpose what we are walking through right now. In the same way that it was not outside of God's plan and God's purpose for Stephen to walk through what he walked through and ultimately give his life for. But all of it was a part of God's plan unfolding. We're going to see over the next number of weeks together that explosion of the gospel going from Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So that within just a few short years, the gospel has spread throughout the known world. But that beginning point was the martyrdom of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Church, could it be for us that the beginning point of us taking seriously the mission that God has given us to make disciples, could this moment in time with what we are experiencing be exactly what God desires to use to open the door to millions of people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. So that people, when they interact with you day in and day out, 
and things are uncertain for them. They wonder, what in the world is going on? And they look at you and they think, maybe you have the answer. Because they don't have it on the news. I don't know if you figured that out yet or not. But do you have an answer to this? And church, let's be honest. We are the only ones who legitimately can explain any sense of hope in this scenario that we are in. Because without Jesus Christ, without the hope that can be found in Him, there is no lasting hope. The truth is for you and for me, the days and the weeks ahead, we will see doors of opportunity swing wide open for us to be intentional to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And as those doors of opportunity swing open with your neighbors and with your coworkers, maybe even with your kids as they're at home and asking questions, maybe with family members who don't know how to respond to what's going on, but for you and for me, if we know Jesus as our Savior, we have the answer to where hope can be found. My prayer is that we would be faithful as the believers who were scattered around because of the persecution and the suffering here after Stephen's martyrdom were faithful to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, that we too, as North River Church, as individual believers, would be faithful to carry the gospel with us in the midst of this uncertainty. Church, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But we know who holds tomorrow in His hands. And God can work in and through this situation in the same way that He worked in and through Stephen's situation. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for Your Word. We're thankful that once again we can be reminded as we are walking through an unprecedented time in our lives and in the life of our nation. That you are in control. And that God, you often use suffering. You often use times of uncertainty and times of pain in our lives to remind us that you are in control. To remind us that we in and of ourselves are not strong enough to endure this on our own. But we desperately need your strength, your guidance, your peace. And Father, as you strengthen us, remind us that this is a perfect time the gospel of Jesus Christ to be the words of hope that people need to hear right now. So Father, as your church is scattered throughout this community, help us be faithful to fulfill the mission that you've called us to fulfill. As the early church 
took this season of suffering and the gospel spread. May this season of suffering and uncertainty in our lives be a time when we can look back and see the gospel of Jesus Christ spread. We ask that in His name. Amen. You stand, you sing as we close out.